Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. All right, let's get our Facebook friends up in here. Not broadcasting to any Colts channels. That's good. Not yet today. All right, there we go. Good morning, good morning. Welcome in. It is May 10th, uh, what is it, 7.32 a.m. Mountain Time, which means it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are you doing this morning? I am doing just fine, Nick. It is a grand spring morning in the South here and uh, all across Broncos country worldwide. Yes, it is. Yes, it is indeed. I am you know, just the classic open up the weather talk. I'm just losing my mind at this point. We haven't, <laughs> it hasn't been the normal highs and forever. It's been rainy or cloudy every day. I, I miss the blue sky. Luckily I'll be flying back to uh, Chicago land uh, here in a few days. And I, apparently it's going to be like 85 degrees. There. I, was saying, going, I was like, wait, <clears throat> I'm, I'm getting all this Christmas talk. I'm like, you don't want to be in Chicago on Christmas. I'm like, wait a minute. No, it's no, May. No. Yeah, it's May. Why are we talking all Christmas, Nick? Uh, because the Broncos and the chat is very excited about it as well. Um, we got a schedule leak with the Broncos going to <laughs> talk about no snow for Christmas, going to Los Angeles uh, for Christmas Day to take on the reigning Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. Uh, should be a heck of a game. Probably one of the toughest games the Broncos will face all season. A homecoming for obviously a, G- a Giro Evero and a lot of the Broncos defensive staff and a really good game. I've seen the Broncos play the Rams two times. And uh, they've lost both times. So I will not be heading to that one, guys. Uh, don't worry about that. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, Ethan is in here saying he's excited. Merry Christmas and the Broncos and Rams. Good morning, all. Also, Luke Wright saying Merry Christmas, Broncos versus Rams. Good morning, Nick and Scott with a Christmas tree. I think it's a Christmas tree. It's either a Christmas tree or a middle finger. So either way, good morning to you, Luke. No, <laughs> it's definitely a Christmas tree. What's bad is when you get the middle finger on the Christmas tree. So. Yeah, no. You know, no kink shame, but that's uh, for sure. That's not a good one. Mile High Truth coming in saying just lurking in the bath background. Uh, did you see if we have most prime? T- did you see we have the most primetime games? I did not see that. If somebody has the tweet for that, hit me up in the slide it into my DMs on Twitter. We can pull that up on here. But that's a uh, that's great. Broncos going from was it one primetime game last year with uh, the Browns? I guess they got the Chiefs game flexed as well. Um, but uh, yeah, the Broncos are back, baby. For me. What was that? When those games bleed into eight o'clock, you know, seven thirty or so. It's always prime time when the when the Broncos are over. Oh man, the the prime time games for me are this is oh no, West Coast, you poor baby. But like the you know, hauling ass to get home for a five o'clock kickoff is rough sometimes, especially eating like oh, interstate I, traffic. I called it uh, I called it California Church. You know, mm-hmm. rolling into the 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 bar and getting breakfast or brunch at ten a.m. for yes. NFL games was great. I, I mean, I'm an early riser. My yeah daughter is 10 she's she got up at 6 a.m for the first three years of her lives i can't sleep past seven to save my yeah. life now so uh, i love the 10 o'clock games i said it was kind of like it was a little like college hmm. you'd wake up and there'd be football on except it was 10 a.m instead of 1 p.m and you weren't hung over <laughs> speak for yourself no no that's uh that's true uh like the iowa hawkeyes or any college game this year i love the 11 o'clock slot midwest time um because you have the rest of the day then, uh, but that's 9 a.m. here. So you wake up, you know, get coffee, a nice little breakfast, sit down and kick off. It's great. Um, EJ in here saying, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Let's ride. And obviously you have to be an early riser um, being, you know, alarm off at 540, 550 boots on the ground. And then me, uh, me in front of you guys at 630. You have coffee hitting my veins right now. So somewhat coherent. William always coherent in here. Well, I thought it was us and the Rams for the first Thursday night game to kick off. Do you guys think it's us? And the Seahawks are us and the Chiefs. I think it's going to be the Seahawks. Um, if anybody has the actual date that will be, let me know. I'm a little bit nervous it's going to fall on a wedding for me because I wanted to go to that game really bad. But uh, sometimes football gods laugh at you. So it is what it is. Also, I've never, I'm like 0-8 in games I've attended live for the Broncos. So maybe it's a good thing uh, I don't go. <laughs> in that case, I'm not superstitious at all. But when it's happened eight times, who knows? 
I like yeah. Mark's comment about uh, sleeping. And it says, I have three dogs that won't sleep past 4.30. I think that's a problem with having three of them. Yeah, I've got one, and he's very polite. I'll hear him kind of get up, and he'll walk over. And if I'm stirring, he knows it's okay, and he'll come up and just kind of like either lick my hand or my elbow. If not, he'll walk out into the hallway and lay back down. So he's he, he's a good boy. So he knows when he can he can bother me. Now, the cats, on the other hand, come 6.30, you better be getting your ass out of bed and feeding the cats. Or yeah. the neighbors are going to be saying, hey, could you shut your cats up, please? So they're, yeah. they're, the, they're the ones that are a little rougher. So yeah. uh, the dog's are a little more polite. Neither of my boys are that polite. But that's okay. They both mostly bother their their moms. So uh, no complaints. Um, sunny days coming in with a coffee, smiley face, and the thumbs up. Jeremy Sean's in the house too. Good morning, Broncos for breakfast. Hopefully, I'll get what I want this year for Christmas. Yeah, a nice fat W would be great. I'll take so that. So wait, let me see. What are we gonna do for Thanksgiving then? We got Broncos for Halloween in London. Mm-hmm. We got Broncos for Christmas in L.A. Let's see, Miami. How about Thanksgiving in Miami for uh for I don't know if they're probably not playing the Dolphins, but that would be fun. Yeah, I don't think they are playing the Dolphins this year. Don't quote me on that. I don't even know. I'm just trying to think. Where are some of the better locations? I mean, you know, they can't play in San Diego anymore. Oh, Arizona. That's I'm, a lot no of people love Arizona. Arizona, but that's not like a destination place like you know London or LA for holidays. No. A lot of you people know, like I mean, to I go to the golf. Say New York, but I don't particularly like going to new york yeah uh, but i was thinking you know where do people go for travel yeah. i love arizona don't get me wrong but i'm not going to phoenix for a holiday that's just yeah not a thing typically the reason i say that is because they Mr. will Clark be playing Griswold. they will be playing stop in on your way to wally world <laughs> that's uh gosh now you make me want to watch some christmas movies uh the um no, the Broncos do play at Arizona this year, I believe. So that's the reason that's a possibility. Uh, U.S. Daves, and I think it's us versus the Tucson Sugar Skulls on our bye week. Um, absolutely. I don't know what to say. But <laughs> um, we got EJ coming in here, bringing, getting us back on track with the draft talk. Uh, this is an interesting one. Um, I will be very perturbed if Georgia linebacker and Kobe Dean becomes an all-pro and if we cut UCLA, former UCLA tight end, Greg Dulcich after three years. I don't think you're going to be cutting Greg Dulcich um, – you might be perturbed with Nicobe Dean. Uh, the guy doesn't fall that far unless there's some serious injury concerns and play style concerns as well. I never, you know, early in the process, you know, had him more so as like, a, that looks like more like a back end of the first round kind of guy to me. Did not expect him to fall middle of the third round. I know he's very intelligent, but like his, how he was playing didn't seem to be super tr- translatable to what a lot, like shoot the gap every single time with a small linebacker. I don't see that very often on NFL on Sundays right now with the play style. Um, so very good player. I would have no issue if somebody took him to the back in the first round. I think there's a lot of soft body uh, issues, a lot of soft tissue injuries uh, with Nicobe Dean. What's funny is we keep calling him small and he had 15 pounds on both of Atlanta starting linebackers last year, you know, you and, and uh, Foya Luakon got a 40 million, $45 million contract. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh neither of those guys first rounders, but, and also probably both the, I can't believe the Jaguars paid a Luacon that money and then drafted uh, Nick Dean, <laughs> excuse like, me, the drafted Lloyd and Muma. I um, thought, you know, I was thinking eight, mm-hmm. you know, would be a, yeah. a nice number for him. And he comes in at 15, take the money and run foyer. Congratulations, kid. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about, uh, I am, everybody should be really excited about the Broncos offense and Russell Wilson and whatnot. The thing I'm most interested in, the next step, the next question for me is what the heck does this defense look like? Like personnel-wise, uh, coverage-wise, et cetera, et cetera. Is N'Kobe Dean a fit for what they want to do? Because if you're playing only one linebacker, that linebacker has a lot of responsibility in the run game uh, with length and mass um, because you're trying to supplement the linebacker's inability to cover by playing more defensive backs around him. That means the linebacker has to be that much better in the box. Um, and I don't know if Dean is going to be that with his size. So we'll see. Um, he's going to be playing behind Jordan Davis again. So maybe that'll help a bit. Uh, also, Javon Hargrave is one of the Scott probably remembers Javon Hargrave in that week one game. Uh, I, was the really- Falcons, I, I, yeah. used, I used him as an example of the difference between, you know, with penalties between forced mm-hmm. errors and unforced errors, yeah. you know, and. Uh, Hargrave just folded a rookie offensive lineman. I think it was Drew Dahlman, just folded him in half, about broke his freaking back. Yeah. The next play, you know, it was a false start. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. The guy's scared to death. I'm like, yeah. that's a forced error. That's not just a discipline problem. That's a I'm, I'm out scared. man problem. Yeah, he's a, 
Javon Hargrave, heck of a he's player. A beast. One of he's the better, a beast. Yeah. One of the better pass rushers, interior pass rushers in football. Got to give him a shout out. That's our, that's my favorite position. Uh, the really good interior defensive linemen. So want to shout those guys out when we can. Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in here. One of my favorite supporters of the show over on YouTube. Michael, you made the hop from Facebook to YouTube recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, same picture, same dude. Good to see you, Michael, down there in Tucson. Hey, Michael, that's all that yeah. matters. Absolutely. Saying good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Let's ride and go Broncos. Eric also leaning in saying Merry Christmas. Um, Eric, all, Merry like Christmas. Five degrees out there this morning. You're going to totally get me confused. That's, uh, you know, it's be 80 today, though. It's going to warm up nicely. Oh, my God. I don't it's just going to make me upset to talk about the weather. Come visit. <laughs> so, Come visit. I got plenty I, of space. I need to get uh, right on the National lot. Park. Plenty of hikes. They're flat hikes. They're not too hilly. Yeah. There's not like mountains, but right on the national, right on the National Forest here, the Chattahoochee National Forest. National Forest. I'm going to bring my my rod. That's what I need. I need some there you bass go. fishing in my life. You can do that too. Good trout fishing. Oh, trout fishing too. Oh, that'll be great. Uh, Bama <laughs> X. God, I could I could kill for that. Bama X. Morning Broncos country. Good to see you, DeAndre Weatherspoon. It's been a second, DeAndre. Hope you're doing well. Good morning, guys. Vin's in the house. Good morning, all. And uh, we also got a Facebook user saying LA Rams, let's die hard with vengeance. Oh, uh, there we go. Because oh, that's another movie. Christmas yeah, movie reference. It's die hard with Christmas movie. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Anything with uh, Alan Rickman within it. Yeah, I'm fine. Like, let's call it what you want. He's a, he's a god. Mark Schrader, good morning, guys. Good to see you. Ashton's in the house, too. Morning. Um, Ashton also saying, oop. We got TD Randall first, $2 super over on YouTube. Thank you very much, TD. Good to see you. Thank you for the support. Keeping it going on here. That reminds me. I'm going to put on our banner. There we go. Um, and also we have Ashton coming in saying, Nick, you should just add another trip to your fall and come to a game in Denver or Casey. I'll go with you. My sister is moving to Denver here in uh, July. So I'm guessing I'm going to spend some time in Denver at some point. And uh, as far as Nick's jinx is concerned, we'll hedge that. We'll we'll basically uh, we'll, we'll put some money down as insurance to make sure that he loses money, which is a, a bigger jinx than yeah, than your true. team losing. That's that's how I hedge my games. I'm like, all right, if I'm going to lose, I'm at least going to get paid for it. Yeah. So all this, like, you shouldn't bet against your team. I'm like, why not? I'm willing. How much am I willing to pay to see them win? 200 bucks, 300 bucks, depends on the game. I'm like, 500 bucks. When the Braves were playing the Dodgers, you bet your ass I put money down on the Dodgers. I'll call this insurance. Best money I ever spent. Good emotional hedge, uh, no doubt That's about right. that. <laughs> I'm going to suffer. I'm going to get paid for it. I want compensation. And we got uh, Monica coming in here saying uh, good vibes. Ha- absolutely. With the colons, there, I think hashtag good vibes is the way to go. This, this is the Twitter generation. Uh, Kathy also over there in Germany, Deutschland. Uh, good to see you, Kathy. Uh, hello, guys and girls. I'm here. That's all I can say for now. Uh, hope the day gets better now. Listening to my Broncos priests. I think I don't know if we own the priests, um, but we can be your Broncos brethren or whatever you want to call us. I think Chad and Zach kind of have the the stamp on the priests, and Carl is an actual you know priest, so maybe he has that one. Uh, but I don't know if he's actually a priest. Like, might be a different specific type of term. One but... day at a time, Kathy Schmidt. One day at a time. Yeah. That's all I can say for now. We get through today. We'll worry about tomorrow some other day. One day at a time. Appreciate you being here. You can only control what you can control. Um, that's once you make peace with that, a lot of things get better. But uh, do hope your day gets better out there in Germany. Michael Kerr, good morning, Nick and Scott. Benjamin's also in here saying Merry Christmas, fellas. Nick Lusion, AFC West is going to be tough. Have to make those games count. And uh, man, you guys are really popping today. It's awesome. <laughs> Hoping to hear some good news. Yeah, absolutely. Lil Yell haven't hasn't been a bit also for Lil Yell. Good to see you. I feel like we're getting like some people who were zoned out a little bit for the draft and now they're coming back because it's like you know what you guys can enjoy your draft yeah, not everybody's a draft nick you know draft, draft psycho over here um we love it though 2023 mock coming tomorrow no i'm just kidding lil yell uh, i'm nervous for the season the draft makes it feel like this team is really sold on itself and it's almost expecting to win now good take uh, i like the confidence with the late picks are head scratching some of them are uh scott do you have any head head pick or <laughs> head scratching late picks or anything at that montreal washington when anyone smacking your head i guess Honestly, I didn't know they went off of, you know, <clears throat> the board, the guys that we've been talking about. You know, I knew the yeah. Senior Bowl guys, I knew the Shrine Bowl guys, I knew some of the high, the high level guys in the top 100 that you weren't really in for. So they kind of went off the beaten path for a yeah. lot of the guys for me, you know, where all of a sudden, you know, guys like you and Eric who are scouting prospects 200 through three, well, through 500. Um, so I didn't, I can't say that they were necessarily head scratchers because I didn't know them as, as well. Yeah, you know, there, there were a couple guys that weren't at the combine, several guys that weren't at the senior bowl. So it was uh, it, it was one of those 
in, in the later rounds, it doesn't bother me at all. It's yeah. when you're at the top and you start reaching for those guys in the first two rounds. Like, I'm going to show everybody how smart I am and draft this guy that nobody yeah. ever heard. No, that's not how you draft. Play the probabilities. That's how you're going to win. Yeah. In the later rounds, fine. You know, I, I have no problem with that. Take a chance on a guy from a smaller school with a, with a, you know, a great 40 time or, you know, a, a special teams guy from Wisconsin, you know, mm. or two. Um, do some things like that. Um, but you know, when you're, when you're going through and looking at it and they're not at the combine senior bowl stuff was a little, I mean, um, uh, pro day stuff was a little harder to find than, than, than sometimes. So, um, I, I can't say necessarily head scratching, like why'd they do that? Um, other than maybe, okay, Nick Benito, you know, there were a couple guys there that we, we had talked about and then maybe, let me see. I know, cause we've gone through this before, but it's been a, I've been a little bit, I have to like look at the picks and say, okay, what would I have done in that spot? You know, so if you look at Dulcich, um, you know, you weren't going to go quarterback, Dylan Parham, Rashad White, and you know, there's there's nobody really in the next 15 that you're like, that just jumps out at you. It's It was the next pick after that that you start started thinking. So um, I probably would have said those are the ones you really like too. So Damari Mathis yeah. and, and Uzurike. So yeah. No, this th there weren't too many head scratchers here for me, except for maybe Washington. And again, that's fifth round. Yeah, no, absolutely. I probably would have stayed at seventy-five rather than trade back to eighty and uh, take taking one of uh, Travis Jones or Bernard Ryman. Uh, but that's just me. And uh, who knows? They obviously have their reasons. There's some concerns about. I think it was Travis Jones' lower body issue yeah. and Ryman. Uh, yeah, yeah, life. I agree. When you're looking there and you see the guys that you, because I forgot there was a trade down there, and you're mm -hmm. looking, you know, close to Muma, Abraham Lucas. So it, not, it wasn't necessarily the guys they took that were head scratchers, but it maybe the yeah. the ones they didn't take that yep. could have helped more. That, but again, you get guys that can play, you're going to be just fine. Yep. And I think if Muma would have fallen to 75, the Broncos would have taken him based on what we saw in the uh, behind the Broncos stuff when they were debating them both. Uh, Jacob Foster, no debate here. Coming in with the support always constantly. Uh, hope you're doing well, Jacob. Thank you so much for your constant support on the channel. Uh, you are a real one and you help our channel a heck of a lot. Um, so coffee on Jacob today. Uh, thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Jacob. Appreciate it. Um, I think the two guys really to watch for me from other teams, you know, we said last year, who's the guy we said last year? You're going to be judged on how Patrick Sertan does and how this guy does. Who was this guy? Was it uh, Javonta Williams? Justin Fields. Oh, I mean, from yes. another, but based yeah, yeah, on guys you passed, yeah, yeah. it's Justin Fields. Yep. You know, so you're that's how you're going to judge this draft is one, you know, if one, if, if Fields is okay, or if Fields is really good and uh, Sertan is just okay, then you're, you've got regrets. If Sertan's mm -hmm. all pro, then it doesn't really matter what, Sert yeah. that, that uh, doesn't matter what Fields does, as long as you get the guy at nine. This one for me, watch Travis Jones and Abraham Lucas. Those yeah. are the two guys that you're looking at and say, we could have had both of those guys. Um, well, those are the ones that I will be keeping and following and then kind of regrading the Broncos draft by are those two guys that we were banging the table for, for, you know, three months. Yeah, absolutely. And heck, maybe uh, another guy to keep an eye on is uh, Chad Muma. And speaking of Chad Muma, if you say his name, he shall appear. Ethan with a $25 pound <laughs> uh, super Beetlejuice, here. Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah. Muma. Uh, no. So who, what does everyone think about uh, Walton's purported they say that right? Purported, yes. A desire to build a new stadium uh, with the majority of his own money. God bless him. Um, you know, the publicly funded stadiums. I get there's an argument on both sides for, because it does bring in money for the businesses around there and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. But uh, if you are that wealthy, then uh, hopefully and you're going to make money off of it as well. Hopefully you can put in your own cash to build a new stadium. So uh, that'd be great. But I don't yeah, know. I, I think it's just pretty despicable how you can you know leverage your team your franchise yeah against the you know it's you know i think the one guy that's sick of soccer here but the, the soccers are basically public owned mm -hmm. you know they're, they're they have owners but you don't you don't move clubs you know they're you you gotta you the clubs are established you're not moving them that doesn't happen yeah um so you can't leverage the threat of taking my ball and leaving because um I'll almost use a bumble word, a bad bumble word. You know, they want to build us a stadium for nothing. You know, yeah. so what? You, you know, you're you're here. The, we were here before you. You know, this mm -hmm. this club, this franchise was here before the new owner. You don't just get to come and take it. Um, as far as building a new stadium, again, I think you know we were we were talking on um, the huddle up. I think it was Monday 
about you know Chaz or uh, Zach's just he he can't really fathom the idea of really having any desire to do anything when you've already got everything. I'm like, well, you know, that's kind of the point though. You know, is this competition level of mm-hmm. the NFL? There's only 32 owners. It's a it's a billionaire boys club, and it's one of the ultimate competitions. It's a show off piece with your franchise, and so is the stadium. So mm-hmm. is the stadium. You want to have the best of everything when you've got when you've got that kind you're you're competing against the other billionaires i want to be the best on the field i want to have the best stadium i want the best everything that's what is going to drive someone like this hopefully that's what you're hoping Mm -hmm. for and from a revenue standpoint does he need it if i build a new stadium chock full of luxury luxury boxes that is revenue that goes back to the to the broncos that's not shared that's not shared revenue so having a new stadium where i can hopefully still have plenty you don't want to outprice your fans that's what atlanta tends to do um but you can then build an experience for everybody and then you get to keep the revenue from the stadium especially those luxury boxes so um as long as it's not publicly funded great yeah do uh you know i think it i think it's fine you know unless you know we're talking about a wrigley field here you know with something or a you know, uh, the what's red or, or Fenway, you know, something with some historical value, but I don't think we're talking about that here in Denver. Ah, man, Wrigley Field, world's largest horse trail. Um, I hate the Cubs. <laughs> I hate the Cubs. God, so much. Um, yeah, if you guys haven't done so yet, just a little station identification. Make sure this is Huddle Up, obviously, uh, Broncos Breakfast. Make sure you click that like button on the way, and we got way more eyeballs uh, than likes and subscribes in right now. So make sure you do that. I'm sure Marty has because he's over on Facebook. Good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you, Marty. Also, Mandango Dan over on YouTube. Good morning from Ecuador, Broncos country. Broncos para el desaño. Dice uno. That's another Dice. way for say Broncos for breakfast. It's uh, Broncos for the breakfast. Let's do it. That's, Desai uno. Desai un- I think I think there's a tilde on the uno. I'm not sure in, uh, but it's tough to type that stuff. Because Desai- yeah. I remember being desayuno, but hell, I don't know. Desayuno. Desai- I think it's desayuno. Yes, I, I'm that makes, look it up. <laughs> we need a Google translator here. Uh, EJ coming in <laughs> saying, will you guys be attending the meet and greets of the Broncos game with Chad and Zach? Chad wants us to go real bad. Um, I would love to go. It really depends on when it falls because like I, I have a hard time getting anywhere um, between I'll have a hard time getting anywhere between August and October this year. So if it's later in the season when it's colder, I don't care. I'm from the Midwest. Um, then probably more likely, but if it's like September, uh, 20th or something. I don't know, just throwing out a date. What going to be tough. going to be tough on me to do. So we'll see. Definitely want to go. Uh, Marty also. I plan on doing a UK version with there Zach. Go. I'm going to drag Zach along and I want to go to London and I, I won't, I don't know that I'll even go to the game. I'm, if you look at the prices, you know, I, I don't worry about trying to get a credential to get in. I'd rather, I'd rather sit out in the, in the parking lot and tailgate and listen to the thing and be out there with everybody. I'm not paying, you know, over a hundred dollars to get into a football game unless it's a, you know, a Super Bowl of some sort. And, you know, they're already talking, you know, $500 for tickets. Uh-uh, that ain't for me. No way. So, um, but I want to be there for sure. I'll yeah. sit out in the parking lot tailgate for 10 hours. Yeah, that'll be a good time. Ugh. Man, I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping to get to a game in Denver. I'm hoping the Seahawks game doesn't fall week one, but uh, we'll see. Um, out of all the draft picks, who was your favorites? My favorite was Damari Mathis. Uh, I really think he's a versatile player, a good athlete, solid length. Um, Good ball skills as well. He's got some stuff to work on, um, but I think he's going to be a good player. And the Broncos need depth in the second secondary. So even if he ends up being, you know, the first guy off the bench, so to speak, uh, that'll be great. Desai uno, desai uno, Des- no tilde. Thank you, thank you, thank All right. you. Um, we'll I like the big guys. No. I like the trenches. I like dominating in, in in the trenches. I like, I like the raw force of this game. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, when you see a big hit and you, you know, like there's somebody on the other end of it, but you can't have, but have a little sadistic giggle. You know, when you see this, it's a violent damn game. It is. Um, imposing your will on somebody in, in, in football is like the ultimate beating. You know, yeah. it's like, you can't stop me because I'm bigger and badder than you. I don't care how smart you think you are. Yeah. Uh, so I like the big guy. Uzurike, 6'6", 320 pounds. That's where I'm going. And just from a uh, flair aesthetic perspective, Greg Dulcich's hair, mustache, and also just <laughs> confidence. I mean, that dude, he better hit because if he does hit, he's got it going for him um, as much as a tight end can. Uh, so 
That'll be fun. Um, good morning, guys. Are we playing the Seahawks in game one? We don't know. Uh, we'll find out soon. Jason O'Neill also. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. So how many great gems has the current coaching staff discovered? We're fixing to find out, right? It's, it's, I'm very much a, this makes me pretty boring in the prognosticating kind of thing, but we do the work before and we say, I believe I project, this is how I perceive it. But now that we're at this point in it, I'm very much like, let's wait until, you know, a couple preseason games have passed, et cetera, et cetera. Cause I want to see what it looks like with my own eyeballs uh, before I really um, make any big claims, you know, like Fayon Hicks. Didn't watch him much at Wisconsin. I remember him getting beat a few times. Wadi-da. I'm not going to bury him, but I, I just want to see what it looks like on the field. Is he going to be a factor? Who, who knows? Um, but we'll know a lot more once they're actually on the field. And I don't put it on the coaching staff. I put it on the the, the general manager and scouting mm-hmm. staff, with the, which yeah. the coaches are part of. But this, you know, when I talk about dis- discovering, that's not on coaches. Yeah. You know, that's on George Payton's crew. Um, so to that point, Caden Stearns. Mm-hmm. Pretty darn good pick. Um, let's go to uh, what about Jonas Griffith? They, didn't they pull him last year off of a practice squad somewhere? They might have traded for him, um, but yeah, but yeah. I mean traded for him. But they they got yeah. him. You know, they got that was a Peyton move, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, after that, you know, Reisner was out. I'm not Reisner, but um, Miners was he was a Senior Bowl guy. You know, it was yeah. a small school guy, but you know, there's 32 teams watching him at the Senior Bowl, and yeah. idiots like me, you know, putting film up on him. So. That's not so much a, a discover as, you know, when you're getting a later, later round guys or practice squad guys that come in and contribute, you know, I'll, I'll point to Caden Stearns and, uh, and Jonas Griffith. Yeah. Maybe a Jonathan Cooper there as well, though. He was not yep. just mm-hmm. Ohio state, you know, like he would have gone. Yeah, really but you know, the it, 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 there's when you make it to the seventh round or six or seventh round, it means 30 teams, 32 teams had five chances to take you. So that he was passed over that many times. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Barack coming in saying, uh, good morning. Our division will be known as the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's not too wild. Hopefully it's a uh, wild underneath the Broncos who have a comfortable lead on everybody else, but uh, we'll see. It should be a good time. James Hyatt. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Um, we also have uh, Dan, uh, excuse me, falling sloths in the house. Howdy Broncos country. And I saw we had some color come in here, man. You guys yeah, are killing it. Lawrence. Go ahead. We'll hit Rob and then we'll come to Lawrence. Hang tight. Lawrence. Uh, uh, Rob, Rob comes in uh, with the green super. Thank you, Rob. Uh, good morning, gents. Any chance the Broncos consider bringing on Bradbury? I doubt it, but likely an upgrade and could be around for a few. I don't think that's likely. Uh, you're already paying Ronald Darby big money. Patrick Satan's a, an emerging, not just good player, but a star. And uh, you have Ojemudi and Damari Mathis. Uh, so I, I can't imagine they're going to play uh, pay Bradbury the money that he will get on the open market uh, and that he makes much sense as far as a pathway to the field. I don't think he is better than Ronald Darby. I don't think uh, he's better in the slot than Quan Williams. And I don't think he's better than Patrick Sertan. So this, I mean, if you have an injury and he's still out there, God, knock on wood um, that then maybe we have a conversation, but before the Broncos are right now, I don't think it makes that much sense. Yep. Thanks for the question, uh, Rob. Appreciate it. Uh, Lawrence says, Hey guys, so we lose too much from last season to keep up the same game play. We had last season minus the, the coaching blunders. Um, I hope you don't have the same gameplay as last year. Um, and, and keeping up means you are bad. Um, so I've got higher standards than that. Um, you know, I think I said this the other day, you know, Tom Hardy and inception, don't be afraid to dream a little bigger, bigger, darling. Um, so every team's going to lose 15 to 20 guys every year, you know, half your team's on one year contracts. Nick, did you lose a guy you wanted to keep? Did we lose a guy we wanted to keep? No. No, not not personnel-wise. Um, no. Not on the field. Yeah, you brought back Melvin Gordon. I mean, I guess for, like, super depth purposes, it would have been an embarrassment of riches, but, like, Bryce Callahan's inside-outside ability as your fifth cornerback would have he been. Was a play, he, had, he had a chance to bring him back, and he didn't. Yep. And he didn't. went somewhere yep. else. Noah yep. Fant, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But you had two tight ends. He was part of a trade. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I, I would have liked to have kept my first round pick. So, yeah, I didn't want to give up my first round pick. I would have rather had Russell Wilson for free. Yep. Okay, so you have to to get something. You have to give up something. So maybe you gave up and you would have liked to have had him. But, you know, you got Okawebanam and you're bringing in uh, Dulcich. So when you when we lose too much from last season, what did you lose by yeah. comparison to what you brought in? It's not even close. Yeah, Quarterback, you lost Drew Luck, Russell Wilson. Come on. Yeah. Uh, 
coaching staff. We'll talk about that. Uh, after that, safety play. You know, you've got Kareem Jackson coming back. You got Melvin Gordon coming back. Um, you lost Kenny Young. So what? Yeah. <laughs> um, Bryce Callahan. Yeah, but you, you had a choice. You could have brought him back, and you didn't. Uh, Shelby Harris. I, I that that okay. You might not have wanted to lose him, but he was part of a trade too, and he was yep. replaced with DJ Jones. There's upgrades. There's not loss from last season. Come on, this is this mm. is net gain in a big, big way, big way. Yep. You know, yeah. and again, last season to keep up the same gameplay. Oh, God, I hope not. I don't want the same gameplay we had last season. It was awful. It was horrible to watch. Yeah, it was uh, painful. Um, the one thing that the big loss, the big question, two of them actually for me will be both coaching wise. Um, going from Vic Fangio to Ezio Evero, Lord. I, Vic Fangio slash Ed Donatel. I feel like we do want to give Ed Donatel some props here. Now the defensive coordinator for the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Um, going from him to Ezio Evero. Ezio Evero seems like a, a brilliant person, and I'm really excited to see what he can do this defense wise. But it's the unknown, and we had a pretty damn good known quantity as far as defensive scheming and output goes in Vic Fangio, despite ha- or in spite of uh, pretty poor offensive play, especially offensive play that turned the ball over at a crazy high rate. So that's one thing. Also, the one that. Uh, Again, just make me nervous because I want to see what it looks like. But going from Mike Munchak to Butch Berry, Lord knows what that looks like. Um, does Bull- Garrett Bowles regress? Does the interior offensive line kind of fall apart? Does, does the personnel-wise and the coaching uh, work to get this outside zone uh, scheme going? I mean, we won't know until we know. So those are all just they're way more coaching questions on this team now. And it's not because the coaches are bad. It's just because they're so green and that they are almost – totally unknowns uh, as far what in what roles they have. And in the short term, even if they are bad, you're going to get a boost anyway, because the guys yep. will play for them early. Yep. You know, it, we might find out that they make some mistakes and you, you lose, but that, that team last, last year quit on Fangio in the first, in the second month of the season by week yep. five, it was pretty obvious to me. Yeah, absolutely. Peter Middleton coming in here saying, what do you guys think about the Raiders latest pickup? Sadly, not surprised. Uh, he's talking about Kenny young Broncos, Former linebacker signing with the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, good for them. Good for Kenny Young to get picked up uh, at this point. Uh, who I didn't know how much longer it was going to continue. Uh, he was fine for Denver last season. I think he had a pretty, it was a pretty obvious drop off from uh, Alexander Johnson dealing with the injury and uh, J- Josie Jewell to Kenny Young. In my opinion, Kenny Young, I think is okay. He's just like a C across the board in everything. Um and he'll be okay there. Um, hopefully the Broncos can run at him some or get him mismatched in space against a tight end um, where he was gave up a lot of yards in coverage last year. But uh, no, he'll be interesting. I mean, Kenny Young was kind of not struggling, but he was to the point where Baron Browning, who missed all of like training camp and like wasn't even ready week one, got the green dot ahead of Kenny Young and was seeing the field on the single linebacker packages ahead of Kenny Young. And now we're talking about moving Baron Browning from the linebacker spot. So if that says anything about uh, his level of play like if you're rating him on matting uh wouldn't be super high you know yeah he was okay but one of the things we were talking about and i'm seeing red here let me make this point and i'm gonna get to shane um i'm gonna have to get to shane here and i'll have to come back to the point so remind me uh when i see red i lose all train of thought remind me we want to talk about kenny young when we come back Mm -hmm. uh so shane coming in huge Gents, I don't catch live awesome military gig has us up early. Well, thank you for everything. Thank you for being here and thank you for why you're not here. Mm -hmm. Uh, But wanted to support you guys do a great job as a lifelong Bronco fan. Excited, but concerned the defense is going to become overly nuanced. Ferraris are probably great until something small goes wrong. Uh, Shane, that's a great comment. I've heard it Mm -hmm. talk about, um, you know, quick twitch athletes. They're more like drag racers, you know, instead of a good old diesel tractor that you have in the trenches, you know, those diesel tractors will run for fricking ever. But while it, while the, uh, while the, the, the top fuel funny cars are going down the, the, the stretch in a hurry, little thing goes wrong and they're out, you know, they're, they're done. So, uh, I think that makes sense. I think, I don't think the, the scheme is going to be overly complicated, to be honest with you. I think there's going to be, you know, they're all, complicated to a certain extent but i think there's going to be a lot of attack you know just yeah. a lot of attack cover we're gonna cover these guys you five guys go get the quarterback i think there's going to be a lot more keep it simple stupid philosophy out there you're going to mix up your coverages you're going to send guys from different areas of course um but that'll be more confusing to the quarterback you're going to have one mm-hmm. job go get the quarterback you're going to have one job watch this space or watch that guy 
But I think the defensive philosophy could be a little more simple and a lot more importantly, a lot more fun. And thank you, Shane. Appreciate yeah. you. God, big time support and uh, you know, shout out to your service. We really appreciate you. I'm glad you can join us um, today. About it being overly nuanced, that's always a concern with defense. You know, think less, play fast is uh, definitely something that some people uh, subscribe to. But for the Broncos specifically, um, the big areas where I have concerns about being overly nuanced is in the back end, because if you're going to have backbreaking plays from being overly nuanced, it's coming from coverage rather than upfront. Uh, most of the time, not every time, but most of the time. And you have just either intelligence guys who are, you know, people rave about intelligence wise are great experience uh, in the back seven with your main core players here. Justin Simmons, one of the smarter safeties in football played in a variety of schemes. He's going to be back. He's the face of the defense. Cream Jackson, saying it's one last ride, extremely smart player. Maybe his play is dropping a bit, but is still not going to be worried that much about him. Josie Jewell, considered, you know, brilliant, a coach on the field. I mean, Ned Donatel couldn't rave about him enough. Broncos paid him decently uh, to bring him back. Sounds like he's going to be on the field almost 100% as long as he's healthy out there. Patrick Sertan, people rave about his attention to detail, just how far he is talking about nuance, how nuanced his understanding is of coverage and everything. You know, shout out to Alabama for that. Shout out to his father, Patrick Sertan Sr. But um, you have a lot of, intelligent people who love football and the process of preparing for games in the back end of the Broncos defense. So I'm not as worried about the nuance or the just complication of the defense back there in the front with the pass rush and stuff. And just the different gap responsibilities, how much it sounds like they're going to use simulated pressures and the like that can get a little bit confusing. That's a lot on some players uh, perhaps, but we'll find out. It's definitely, definitely a concern. I'm just more concerned about the week to week game planning. Um, that Vic Fangio brought that he was really, really good at uh, to to kind of phase out some areas of the game and switch it up just enough to make it hard for teams to adjust. Um, and then also like waiting to halftime to make a big adjustment. So he'd kind of just sit there and then, you know, do something that would the other team wouldn't be really super prepared for and they couldn't really change um, over that time period. But uh, we'll see. Um, it should be a good defense, but the coaching staff is definitely an unknown. It just keeps coming back to that. We don't know. We don't know what that's going to be. I'd like to say <clears throat> there might be more big plays on both sides of the ball, but do you remember the first time that the Broncos played the Raiders? You know, the, the, yeah. I think Carr averaged like 27 yards per completion or something. It was insane. Um, you know, the big plays that were given up. I, I just think, I think both sides of the ball, this is going to be without a doubt, a more fun team to watch on offense and defense. There's, you've got a, an attack minded offensive coach. Mm -hmm. You've got a, an attack minded defensive coach, and it's just going to be more fun to watch and to finish. And again, Shane, thank you so much for, for everything. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll be thinking when, when you're not in here, we'll know why and we'll be thinking about you. So yeah. hope everything is going well. Um, going back to Kenny young. Um, when it was talking about being re-signed, they said, oh, is Jiro Evero's coming? That could be a, a bonus for uh, for Kenny Young. I'm like, don't count on it. He's the one that shipped him out. You know, I mean, he was there when they got rid of him. So the fact that he didn't wasn't a priority to come back leads me to believe that, hey, he wasn't great when he was in Denver. He was okay. He did a job. He was serviceable. Um, but then the guy that comes in uh, that, that traded you away, or at least was part of the staff that traded you away, comes in here. And if you're Kenny Young, you're like, damn it, man. <laughs> um, but you know, he'll get a, hopefully he'll get a chance in Vegas and get a, get a chance to plan because he can't play, but he's, he's okay. He's, yeah. uh, he's not a, a difference maker of, of any, any sorts for, for me anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Zebulon coming in here saying what's Benito got to do to justify himself this year, uh, not be completely detrimental against the run and get after the passer and stay out of trouble. <laughs> Just, you know, come in get, do the work and, uh, you'll be fine. 64 overall. I've talked myself more and more into the pick given where the Broncos selected. We talked about it earlier, Scott. Um, you said like, what's going to make you upset uh, if the, with the Broncos draft pick, you know, in hindsight or whatnot, what would bummed me out a little bit is if uh, Drake Jackson or Cam Taylor Britt go on to become stars and the Broncos, you know, were, Oh, we didn't want to give up that fifth round pick to go up there and get that guy. If they are, it could have been more though. You know, we could have offered a, a five. I, I don't know. So I try not to look at yeah. guys that are already gone. Because I don't yeah. know what the deals are. What I do know for a fact is who was available when you were picking. Yeah. And I, I for mean, the a fact, gave up. you know, you're looking at Chad Muma. You're looking mm -hmm. at uh, Abraham, Lucas. Abraham Lucas. You're looking at Travis Jones. So mm -hmm. for me, those are, I guess those are the three, you know, if, and, and inside linebacker didn't seem to be much of a priority right now. Yeah. So for me, it's the other two. It's right tackle, defensive tackle, yeah. um, you know, but then you got a, a, a four, five, 40, super fast edge that you took, you know? Yep. 
what does Benito end up becoming? He'll he'll have he'll answer that question. If he, if he can answer that question, it doesn't matter what the other guys do. Yeah, just uh, I think the Bengals only they moved up from sixty three to sixty or sixty one, only giving up a six round pick. I think you could have used a fifth round pick on Montreal Washington. You know, was, that could have been a easily used to move up if one of those guys becomes a star. You know, down there, Cam Taylor Britt or Drake Jackson. But we'll see. Um, so Scott, what do you think? What does Benito have to do this year to justify his selection? Also. Real quick on this one, Benito doesn't have to do too much of anything this year to justify it. Mm-hmm. And there's almost nothing that any player can do their rookie season would justify their selection in the top 100. You know, it's like the, you're not judging guys. It's the it's the quarter grade, right? You get your grades at the end of the year, but that'd be just the quarter grade. Yeah, I'm, honestly, I'm hoping he doesn't do much or at least I'm sorry. I'm, I'm hoping he doesn't have to do much. Yes. I'm yeah. hoping Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory play 17 games and play 75 percent of the snaps. And Nick Benito comes in and shows flashes in an apprentice role and is competent. Mm-hmm. And and then he improves. So what does he need to do? He needs to look competent when he's out there. He needs to get stronger. He needs to do a job. And hopefully he's not thrown into the wolves where you're not ready for him to be a starter out there at one of the end spots because Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb. So what you get out of him is, is I wouldn't say it's it's a luxury, it's gravy, but again... I don't want him starting and neither do you. So Randy mm-hmm. Gregory, Bradley Chubb, 22 to 25 sacks a piece. And then we're thinking about, okay, how did Benito look when he was out there? Can we afford to let Bradley Chubb walk? Um, no, on that one, uh, let's keep it going. Kayleon Green. Yo, how you doing, Kayleon? I see Jay Roper's in the house too. Uh, T. Year Thompson, good to see you. Uh, Hineso saying, I hope probably butchered the heck out of your name. Made it. Been catching reruns Analiso. last few months. Annaliso? Oh, there is. That's a double I. So real yeah. quick on this. Um, uh, he says, made have been catching reruns the last three months. Go Broncos. So, you know, we talk about uh, supers and stars and thank you so much. Um, there's also a way for you, if you're listening, if you want to contribute to the show, you can do it with a super thanks when you're watching on YouTube after. It's just a super thanks. It goes into the comments. It lets us know. And if you're doing that, it does enter you into, it makes you eligible for the Jersey giveaways and all that stuff. And we will shout you out as a big thank you like we do. And if you have a comment, we'll read it. So if you're watching after the fact uh, and you want to uh, you want to get a read in the next show, you can use that feature of super thanks. It's, it's new to the channel and we will absolutely take care of, you know, give you the, the thanks you deserve for your super thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Matthew Friday, not yet, not Friday yet. We'll get there. Uh, what a terrible joke. Uh, morning ESPN just talked about the Broncos Rams game and don't see the Broncos as playoff contenders. Well, guess what? Uh, Broncos have a lot of hype right now, um, but they are unknowns and the AFC West is going to be tough. So if some, some people are going to doubt the Broncos and heck, I, you might even consider me one of them. I think they're right on the precipice of uh playoffs or not right now, given the tough toughness of the AFC. And again, the unknowns, there's just so many unknowns uh, for the Broncos right now. So um, I think Broncos are playoff contenders. They're not for sure uh, punching their ticket for postseason play, but we'll see. Um, and see Patrick Havner saying, have either of you guys predicted the Broncos wins for this season? Not yet. Uh, when the schedule is announced, we'll probably go game by game doing that. But I think we've kind of thrown out a, a win-loss total. Yeah, I uh, we, we were we were a little optimistic last year, I believe. I think we were both at 10 or 11 or maybe even 11 or 12. Oh, I think um, I was like 9 and 8. I was really close to 500. Okay, then I may like, have gone. I, I think I was a little ahead of you. I, I'd, set the, I'd set the over-under right now at 10 and a half. Um, and I, that, that's probably pretty close to what Vegas has. If I remember what you said yesterday, Vegas has them at 10. Um, mm-hmm. I would set them at nine and a half. So, um, game off here. That's, you know, it's above 500, but uh, again, I need to see it with my eyeballs. I'm a scientist, you know, the observable universe that requires me observing it to understand I what just, it is. You know, based on what I saw last year with a seven win team and it was, it was seven and seven before dropping the last three, correct? So team was seven and seven that Maybe? there's enough improvement in sheer personnel and with uh, at the quarterback position alone that should be worth three wins. So 10, yeah. I'm setting the, I'm going to set the over under at 10 and a half. Yeah. And uh, those, that's a stars comment too, from Patrick. So we appreciate you see Pat, Patrick Havener speaking of superstars. And yeah, Mark's Mark's always a star saying, yeah, here uh, the Seattle come out of Seattle. Here. That one, man, I'm sorry, Mark. Yeah, had not that seen was this a great, one. Yet. Great question with big stars, and I spaced on it. And I, I do like that one. I, I answered it in my head for whatever that's worth. <laughs> uh, he said, uh, "I heard Seattle say that Drew is would have been the first quarterback selected this year. Agree or just BS?" 
I think it's a little bit of column A and column B here. Uh, maybe that's true for Seattle and this quarterback class specifically, but also it's that's speaking down this quarterback class as much as it is speaking up Drew Locke. And also, they didn't get a quarterback. Of course, they're going to gas their guy. It sounds like Geno Smith is the number one quarterback right now in Seattle. So, um, yeah, but again, Nick, is- think about this. Don't think about it now. Think about it as when they were coming out as prospects. Geno Smith went in the first round, didn't he? Uh, he was one of the first picks in the second round. Okay, so he was high second, so was Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. So if that was still the case in this one, the, the first guy coming off was 20 with the Steelers. Yep. Everybody else, you know, nobody else went in the second round. So yeah, it's not out of the question that Drew Locke or Geno Smith would have been the first quarterback taken in this draft if they were in it at the same point of time. So that's, yeah. I, don't, I don't consider that BS at all. That said, could you trade Drew Locke for Desmond Ritter right now if to the Atlanta Falcons. No way. No. You couldn't do it. Uh no. how about to uh how about could you trade Drew Locke for Matt Corral to the Panthers? Maybe, but I I doubt it. But <sighs> coming out as college guys, could they have been either one of them, Geno Smith or Drew Locke, been the first pick taken in this draft? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the big thing with uh Drew Locke specifically, um you can't not like, you know, just step around the last three seasons when he's been erratic and up and down. And the other big thing is those quarterbacks that are drafted this year all have four year contracts or with Kenny, uh, Kent, Kenny Pickett five years uh, with that fifth year option. So Drew Locke, just one year of cost control left. That's, that's a big deal uh, when it comes to the quarterback position. So, uh, maybe Drew Locke would have been ranked up there, but again, this is the NFL spoke resoundingly loud about what they thought about this class. One quarterback select on the top 21 in the first two rounds. Uh, it's, Bad quarterback class in general. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I think that the teams that waited until, you know, round three uh, did pretty well for themselves. That's about where those guys should have went. That's a great dice roll there. You're not married to those guys by any means, um, but it's a calculated uh, lottery ticket. And so I don't mind that at all. No, and I still think, again, you know, one of these guys I've seen, you know, one of these guys is going to be a star. <clears throat> yeah, which one? <laughs> That's the problem. We're not getting, this is, uh, this was Seattle. This was Seattle and uh, and trade talk. Mm-hmm. Um because that's where you got Russell Wilson from. So this is, yeah. it's all connected. Yep. Um, it's about probability though. So one of these guys, but which one? There, there's so many holes in there. If you figure a guy in the third round has a 15% chance and there were six quarterbacks taken fourth, you know, in that area, then yeah, one in six is about your chances of one of those guys hitting. Unless you drafted yeah. all six of them, you're not guaranteed anything. Yeah. Absolutely. And Dan also saying, finally got to catch you guys live. Good show. Thank you so much, Dan. Do you guys think we'll be playing a lot of press this year? Um, Again, new coaching staff. Lord knows what they want to do. But uh, the Rams, the last two seasons, no team in football played more off coverage than the Los Angeles Rams. And they even had Jalen Ramsey who could do that at a high level if they wanted to. So based on that, I think the answer should be no. Uh, But again, could Ajiro Evero change what he wants to do? Coming to a new team and taking over ownership as the defensive coordinator? For sure. Uh, who knows? But um, I think the safest bet is no. Um, Kathy also coming in saying, as long as the coaches aren't completely f- fools, uh, mm-hmm. we should win at least 10 games because we have the players to do so. I mean, injury luck, that's one I thing. Know. Throw injuries out. Injuries yeah. change everything. So we're going to assume everybody's healthy. Okay. Injury luck. For um, every team. Yeah. Division is extremely tough um, as well. Uh, I think they could be not completely fools. They could just be average and you win yourself nine games this season. But uh We'll see. And, and my thing, you know, is you could go zero and six in the division and still win ten games. You know, it's yeah. it's not a it's not an unbalanced schedule like it is in MLB where you're playing, yeah. you know, your division opponents half the time. Yeah. One hundred and sixty two game schedule. It's uh, it's the division games. You know, go five hundred and you're looking at fourteen and three. You know, is yeah. still a possibility. So as tough as the division is, if you can just hold your own, you know, oh, they're going to beat up on each other. Well, fine. You know, if if you go if every team beats up on each other and every team goes three and three in the division, you're you can still have four playoff teams. So yeah. I'm not too worried about how tough the AFC West is, honestly. You know, and, yeah. and it's gonna be a benefit if you make the playoffs when you go up against a team coming out of the AFC South, who's untested, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. And Scott Dillon saying morning guys late, but here it's you're here in Indianapolis. Well, good to see you, Scott. Um, getting to the main topic here in the last 10 minutes of the show um, for it. Because you guys, I mean, the chat was killing it today. I'm, you know, Tuesday morning, just doing awesome. But uh, the Broncos had some anonymous uh, hype, I guess, uh, for their pickup Greg Dulcich recently, where uh, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler spoke to an AFC scout and uh, the Athletics' Mike Sando 
heard from a NFL executive about the Broncos uh, tight end. And um, Jeremy Fowler heard from an AFC scout uh, said that on the Dulcich pick uh, Dulcich is big and he can run. Yeah. He's still developmental as a blocker, but in the past game, there's really some good stuff there. He's a, he's smooth and he's a route runner. So uh, yeah, that's, I mean, watching Dulcich, that's exactly where I came away with as well. Um, I don't think he is a, so much a run away from guys like the NFL level defenses. Um, I know he had a lot of big catches at UCLA, but I want to see how that translates because the NFL right now is playing everything they possibly can to keep you from hitting home run plays in the past game. And uh, the tight end position itself, you have to be, you know, going from four, seven, four, eight linebackers, even in the pack 12 to the four or five guys in the NFL level, that's a totally different game uh, for Dulcich. So I don't know how much that speed big plays are going to translate per se, uh, but uh, overall, I agree with, agree with this uh, wholeheartedly. Yeah, I think he's a he's a great pass catching tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily need the blocking as much, and for that matter, I actually think he's a pretty good blocker on the next level. We talked about this uh, earlier when we were talking about him, so I'm going to repeat myself, but that's okay. It's not always the same crew with his agility and size. Yeah, I don't want him blocking Uzurike, who's 320 pounds as an end, or you know, chipping down. He can maybe help somebody, help help the right tackle, help the left tackle wherever he happens to be lined up. But where he's going to be better as a blocker is moving to the next level and getting mm-hmm. to the inside linebackers or an outside linebacker playing off the line. Then he's a size uh, match for them. And you don't have to block them off their feet. You don't have to pancake guys to be effective. You just have to get in their way and slow them down. Yeah, Perfectly capable of doing that, Nick. He does need to improve as a blocker, um, as mm-hmm. they said oh, here. Sure. And, uh, of course. Also for the Broncos offense, running a lot of like RPOs with quick outs. Uh, there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, you're you're not hanging on to the block. You are sitting there and, uh, you know, just jostling them quick and kind of breaking off. Um, and he needs to at least be a road bump on an edge rusher in that kind of situation um, in order to run that offense effectively. The other thing about Dulcich, and this is the, this is the Mike Gusecki uh, conundrum. Mike Gusecki, oh, he's a really good tight end but you're not getting the uh, strategic advantage of him as much if teams are constantly playing safeties on him instead of linebackers. You want your tight end to be a good enough blocker where opposing teams, I, I hear what you're saying. You're going to say safeties, get him in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, what I'm, the other part I'm saying is if then then I can take that guy out of the game because I should be able to handle a 215-pound safety with my 250-pound tight end in a run game. You'd hope, um, and it does help a bit, mm-hmm. but I don't think you're getting as much strategic advantage um, creating explosive p- pass plays, especially with Russell Wilson, um, mm-hmm. not using the middle of the field as much, where what you really, what I think you really want to be doing with that tight end, they need to be a good enough blocker that opposing teams have to play the linebacker against them, and if you don't, then your Javante Williams is going to kill them, mm-hmm. um, and that means that your tight end has to be a good enough blocker to do that, um, and Mike Gusecki, teams last year with the Dolphins, pretty much just said, you know what? We're going to play a safety against you. We don't care. And he had good numbers that way. But because of that, the down the field passes and the coverages that they got were much less likely to lead to explosive pass plays. And that's what it's all about right now um, in today's NFL, trying to figure out how you can still get those chunk yards, even though teams are playing two deep shells every single play. Well, and what's interesting, Nick, is, you know, most of the early signings, you know, when, when yeah. the word I used last year when we we're talking about losses for the Broncos was bully. They're getting bullied yeah. in both sides of the trenches both sides of the ball, in the trenches. It seemed like every signing early in the free agency period addressed that problem. It's like, oh, this guy is a a good run blocker. Oh, this guy is a good run stopper. So you go out with with Dulcich, you know, and they want to play light against you. Well, you've gotten stronger. This should be a run-based, big play offense, Mm -hmm. play-action pass, rollouts, bootlegs, uh, get the ball down the field. So, you know, even though you've got Russell Wilson, I don't see this as a 45 to 50 passing a game type of team. Yeah. This is going to be a team that can beat you up now. At least that that's what I see now. You got Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. We'll see what happens with Mike Boone. Um, that this is going to be a team that can that can punch back at the very least. And if that's the case, again, if you want to drop a safety down and get lighter and, and bring a coverage guy against Dulcich, I'm gonna run on you. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna come right at you. Yep, that's it's going to be the. Should be fun. It'll be fun. It's a, and and yeah. it, those are the kind of things you have to discuss because when you've got an athletic two hundred and fifty pound guy, it can create matchup problems. And yes, mm-hmm. he can get better as a blocker. That's a lot easier to teach than the fluid athleticism and soft hands and body control of a receiver. Yeah, and the 
body control as far as balance when you take on hits and uh, be able to make you know the first guy miss which is go something do some MMA, MMA training you want to talk about getting your balance you know yeah. go go do some jujitsu and some muay thai <laughs> that, that'll get your balance in your grappling for sure yeah. you know we always talk about wrestlers nick right yeah mm-hmm. you know the and the balance and grappling that those guys have the heavyweights in there trying to cut block a linebacker or you know the the, the interior lineman those guys are wrestlers so that stuff can be, I think that can be trained a little better than the natural athleticism of a, a gifted pass catcher. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, continuing on here, uh, Mike Sando on the athletic uh, also said uh, that uh, from a, doesn't say what team or what conference, but an executive in the NFL saying uh, Dulcich is a very good pick. The kid is talented. I don't know if they are gaining with Dulcich in relation to Fant, meaning that if Dulcich is going to be any sort of improvement from Fant, um, but he says, but the kid is a good football player. They got good value for him that at that point in the draft. So yeah, you, we talked about it before the draft as well saying, uh, yeah, you know, or not before the draft, but before the show today saying like, yeah, Fant went 20, Dulcich went 80. You might not be replacing Fant one for one. Um, but still, uh, going to at least help you get some more dynamism from the tight end position. Also Shane coming in and saying, Nick, if you ever start a climbing backpacking pod, I'll be there too. Just an idea. You guys are stud. Have a good week. I feel like if I did a backpacking pod, uh, it would take away from all the football stuff that I do as well. So I don't want to do that. I want to leave Scott. There's only so many hours in a day. Nick squeezes a lot in uh, with a full-time job and then doing 14 shows a week. So, you know, plus, plus his UK, he, he went the whole day without mentioning his UK interview. He was interviewed yeah. in London Broncos, UK. No, plus yeah. his international uh, media stardom. It'd be fun. I'm the, the climbing and backpacking stuff. I have like a whole library of Washington hiking books. I'm hit me up, you know, out here doing the hikes. It's a good time. Um, I can't wait, man. This, the summer is going to get here later this year if we even have a spring, but we'll see. Um, Jeremy coming in saying, all jokes aside, Dulcich's work ethic is his best attribute. I mean, it's his hair. Come on. I, he might be a hard worker, but the hair is just glorious. <laughs> you don't make um, it to the NFL as a walk-on, as a former walk-on or whatnot, yeah. without having some some badass in you. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's hard. Every opportunity goes to the guys that they've got money invested in, whether that's mm-hmm. a scholarship, a draft pick, however – uh, all the all of the resources goes, and you've got to fight and scrap your way out of there. We've talked a little bit about that with Brandon Smith. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, drop him in the practice squad. You know, what do we do with Brandon Smith, an uber talented linebacker who's a little soft? Drop him in the in the crucible and let him fight mm-hmm. his way out. Dulcich has already done that, and uh, that's impressive as hell to me. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be fun to see uh, what Dulcich does this season. Um, Year one, though, I do want to temper expectations. He was a you know 80th overall pick, middle of the third round, and tight end. Historically, we have the data on it. Typically, it takes them about three years in the league uh, before you kind of start to figure out who they are as players because it's not only is it the demands of having to know the blocking schemes and everything of the offensive line and work in tandem with that, especially for an outside zone, there's going to be a lot of onus on the tight end, you know, double and climb uh, and reach a space and a target in space, uh, but also the pass game, um, the wide receiver, they have to know all of that as well. So tight end position that takes a little bit and uh, Dulcich probably can still continue to add some mass and get better in the blocking department. So year one, I don't have, you know, he's not going to come in and replace Noah Fant year one, but you know, three years from now, it'll be interesting to see where both those players are as far as their relative skill set and impact on the game. Uh, Kathy coming in saying, does that mean uh, Stenson Bennett is going to be a great quarterback? I don't know where this comes from, but I think Stenson Bennett is going to be like talking about he's a walk, a former walk on. Oh, you know what? Uh, you can be a walk on and do things, but also the the tape tells all and uh, you are a have or have not. And Stenson Bennett does a good job, you know, driving the boat. Uh, he's, he's fine there. He's got a heck of a boat around him, but uh, he's not a difference maker. Well, here's here's how I would answer that. Uh, does that mean Stenson Bennett is going to be a great quarterback? Stetson, yep. Be- Stetson Bennett is a great quarterback. He is a great quarterback. Does that make him a good prospect for the NFL? No. Um, but he's got a national championship ring and he is a great college quarterback. Um, but then you start looking at the measurables and he's undersized and underarm for the NFL game. Dulcich yeah. is not, you know, yeah. he's, he's come in as a walk-on and he's six foot four, 245 pounds, you know, with a, with a four, three, seven shuttle and a seven flat L cone. Um, He's got the physical tools for the NFL and he has come in as a walk-on. So, you know, he's going to have to work and be tough. Those are things you like. So you've got to have the enough factor. Dulcich has that and more. He's mm-hmm. also got the, 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 the history where he is, he's worked his way to where he is. Plus he is a plus athlete. Uh, Bennett is not a plus athlete. 
he's a little undersized, a little underarm for the NFL game. But as far as does it mean he's going to be a great quarterback? He is. He is a great quarterback right now. Yeah. Just not a great NFL prospect. And there is yeah. a difference. Yeah. Thank you for no. the comment, Kathy. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kathy. Uh, well, so final Scott, any final thoughts there about the comments from Mike Sando from the NFL executive or Ryan Fowler with the uh, AFC uh, scout on the comments from Dulcich? Any thoughts there? Um, Just that, you know, they, they, it seems like everybody likes that pick too, you know, that, yeah. that they say that was a, they like that pick too, which is, you know, that's good to hear. You know, you don't necessarily want to see the, uh, the reaction of, Oh my God, we wanted yeah. him at a hundred, you know, and yeah. why'd we waste our time scouting this guy? We thought we had a chance at a hundred, not 23, uh, yeah. like Cole strange. Um, and it's just hard. I'm, the, the videos I have, the first ones of Travis Jones are basically him breaking Cole strange in half. Um, and those are on the the overall one-on-ones where I, you can see the lowlights in there too. So if you watch the Senior Bowl 1v1s, you can do a Google search on them. You see all the reps, not just mm-hmm. the wins for that particular player. And Cole Strange is on the wrong end of a lot of those. Um, so that was a, a bit of a, a, a an odd one. Dulcich, um, I didn't get to see him as much, but again, he's a big fluid athlete who has worked mm-hmm. his way up from a walk-on. I'm a, uh, I, I like it. And, and John Clay Eventing comes in says, I like Dulcich after the catch looking for contact attitude. Me too. I don't think he will be a first contact takedown. I love, I think it's diabolical watching a tight end get loose in the defensive backfield with guys he's got 40 pounds on. It, I mentioned earlier, it's a, it's a little sadistic, but I, I like watching those guys get loose and just start trucking guys. It's, it's what, it's fun. It's not fun for the defensive backs, but it's fun for us, the viewers. Yeah. Absolutely. John Clay Evington getting us out of here with a bang um, with $5 super over on YouTube saying morning gents. I like Dulcich's after the catch looking for contact attitude. I don't think he'll be the first contact to take down kind of guy. Definitely. I like that as well. I think he plays with more control than Noah Fant, not as explosive in a straight line, but uh, more fluid uh, seems like to me, at least um, Noah Fant made a lot of guys miss at Iowa. I don't know what happened here at uh, the college level, but uh, that's the other thing, you know, doing it against PAC 12 defenses, versus uh nfl defenses gonna have to see it um right there's again draft picks it's all hypothetical until it's not so uh it's gonna be fun to see either way gonna be excited to see him this season and thank you so much for uh getting us out of here with a bang make sure you guys are following scott and i on twitter scott is at scout kennedy i am at nick kendall mhh we're gonna be live on scott's channel tomorrow so make sure you're following us there i'm sure scott will drop it there and promote it on the way out uh follow us at huddle up pod as well as at Mile High Huddle over on Twitter, as well as Scott and I's personal accounts. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're joining our Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. And if you're joining us on either of those channels today on Facebook, make sure you click the thumbs up, the heart reaction here. Uh, we got uh, a couple hearts here coming in, so thank you so much. And uh, please like, subscribe, and share this show. Uh, hit the bell notifications to know, to know when we go live. So that way uh, you know when we are live and you can join us if Nick is busy and doesn't uh, make the chat or the stream platform in enough time <laughs> to get it out there for you guys. So you would have seen that if you were subscribed and hit the uh, alert notification for us over at mile high huddle. And we got a few people coming in here saying goodbye. Um, good to see you guys. Thank you, Mark as well. Shout out to Mark with his three dogs and uh, Scott, what are we going to talk about tomorrow? What's going on? I don't know yet, but before I do what I want to talk about now that we don't do enough because uh, there's no producer in the background uh, yeah. when we're doing our shows. It's just a, a thank you to our super chat uh, superstars. So I want to say thank you to TD Randall, DWI guys, Rub Box Bomb, uh, Shane Tuttle, and John Clay Eventing. And over on Facebook, I'm doing the Facebook ones for memory. So if I miss you, I apologize. But I know Lawrence came in. Mark Schrader came in. Um, Kathy came in. Let me see. As always, uh, I said Lawrence, Mark, Peter. I forgot Peter Middleton. I'm sorry, Peter. And Jacob Foster, of course, the silent one coming in. So thanks to all of y'all uh, making it such a, a great day for us and uh, helping us keep the lights on and keep the internet running for us. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Uh, we will see you tomorrow over on uh, Scott's channel as he dropped it here. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Have a great one. Um, and uh, I haven't Wait. finished yet. I'm still. Yeah, here. he's not done. He's not done. But you know who else wasn't done? Ethan, of course. Ethan. Sorry, I thought you, I thought you were going to hammer it home. He opened <laughs> and closed. That's like a, that's like a little league pitcher. You're allowed to pull your starting pitcher and put him back in the game in in, in youth baseball. So you're you're our opener and closer. 
Yeah. Thank you so much. Ethan says great show. Jensen Broncos country. Take care. Hopefully we got our mandatory Muma uh, conversation in here for you. Yeah, nothing to make me mandatory happier to see, Muma. <laughs> see Dulcich uh, take I on love Muma. Alliteration. Him. It's, it's, uh, it's not the lowest form of humor, but it's, uh, it's, it's good. You know, if you can get a bunch of them, there going, it's a good time. Um, alliteration. What's the difference between allit- alliteration and consonants? Is that, is that a difference? I don't know what the latter is, but alliteration is just, you know, when you use the same sound multiple times, rat-a-tat-tat, you know? Yeah. One of them was like, had to do with like using a different type of, I don't know. Well, this is getting back to my Shakespeare uh, studies in high school. So we appreciate you guys. Derailed. Totally derailed. Thank you, Ethan. (laughs) Everybody choose kindness and choose compassion. We'll see you tomorrow over on Scott's channel. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.